Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. Now your hosts. Hello and welcome to the Hyperion Hub, your meeting place for all things Disney. I'm John Alois, joined by Sean Degenhart. You are. And John Redling Schaefer. Very true. And wherever you're listening to us, we hope you're enjoying yourself. Please follow us on social media, on social, on social media, I am. on <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Hub Hyperion. Email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. You can send us a voice recorded message there. We may play it on the show. Mm. Whatever platform you're following us on, please rate and review so more people find the show. We are discussing the most famous archaeologist and professor in Hollywood. His name is Henry Jones Jr., Indiana Jones this week. But first, we like to start things off with our Disney views, and I throw it over to Sean. Yes, um, looking ahead to the release of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Never to disappoint, Disney has put out a ton of Indiana Jones merchandise um, now available in the parks. Um, you've got everything from your T-shirts to the toys with the, the, you know, the whip. And there's the, I think my favorite so far is the Staff of Ra headpiece. That yeah, looks really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and I mean, all sorts of great stuff. And then also Disneyland will be offering a meet and greet with Indiana Jones himself in oh, Adventureland. Nice. Yeah, so that'll be really, really exciting. Right near the attraction, I assume. I would assume, yes. Yeah. yeah. And you are you think you're going to be able to meet Dr. Jones? I'm hoping we will. That's uh, I'm taking Clara for her high school graduation present in just a couple weeks. Uh, we're going to be heading out to Disneyland and doing some of the other Hollywood stuff. So she is really looking forward. She's never been, but looking forward to the Indiana Jones attraction. So hopefully we will get to meet him as well. That'll be awesome. Time well, yeah. Yeah. If adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. We are talking all about uh, the uh, famous archaeologist, as I said before. Back in 2012, Disney purchased Lucasfilm for $4.05 billion from George Lucas. And the headline, of course, was Disney purchases Star Wars. But along with Star Wars came other properties, one of which, Indiana Jones. There's a new movie coming out you may have heard about, as we just talked about. It is Indiana about Jones what? and the Dial of Destiny. So are you about done? We are celebrating the Canadian character about. About. prior to 2023. All four of the uh, previous Indiana Jones films were distributed by Paramount Pictures, and now this latest version has the character story uh, being developed by Disney and distributed through Lucasfilm. As the story goes, in the early 1970s, George Lucas was developing a film about a character similar to the old Republic serials of the 1930s. Back in the day, audiences would go to movie theaters once a week and watch a bunch of 15-minute serials along with newsreels and cartoons. Uh, I think the serials were about 15 episodes and they featured heroic characters and most of the time they were saving the damsel in distress and there was usually a larger story arc as well. These heroic characters were pretty perfect. They developed the plan and they execute it perfectly. There were cliffhangers to entice the audience back the following week. George Lucas wanted to create a character who wasn't perfect and figured out the plan as he went along. Um, but he wanted a storyline that took place in the 1930s, and he wanted a MacGuffin for the character to discover or go after. 
Following the release of Star Wars in May 1977, George Lucas went on a vacation to Hawaii so he could get away from uh, box office returns uh, and just kind of get away from Hollywood as well. His good buddy and fellow filmmaker Steven Spielberg was going to be in Hawaii taking a break from the movie he was making called Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and the two met on the beach and discussed the film business. According to both, they began discussing what their next projects would be, and Steven said he would like to make a James Bond movie or a James Bond type of movie. George told him he had something better, and uh, he went on to describe this character um, that he's developing who has several adventures, and uh, you know it's to take place during the 1930s, as we talked about, that character's name, Indiana Smith. Indiana <laughs> named after George's dog and Smith because he wanted an everyday type of a name. Stephen loved it, except he didn't like Smith, of course, and they agreed on Indiana Jones. Well, do you know why they didn't like Smith? Please. Because there was a Steve McQueen movie from 1966 called Nevada Smith. Mm. And he felt that was too oh, close. that's way too close, yeah. Yeah, too close to it. I mean, that's only, you know, 14, 15 years separated from yeah. it. So we still wanted the kind of the common everyman name, so settled on Jones. The first movie's MacGuffin became the Lost Ark of the Covenant, the chest containing the Ten Commandments from the Old Testament. The Hebrews carried the Ark into battle with them, but it had been lost for thousands of years. For nearly 3,000 years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark, if it is there, Atanis, then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Let it go. We have no time. If you still want the Ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Raiders of the Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Raiders of the Lost Ark released to theaters on June 12, 1981, a smash hit. Steven Spielberg directed it. George Lucas created the character and helped with the screenplay. Harrison Ford was the lead. Karen Allen played his long-lost love. Marion Ravenwood, Paul Freeman as Renee Belloc was the main villain. He's Indy's biggest rival, working with the Nazis to retrieve the Ark first. Tom Selleck was actually up for the role, but he was going to start his show on CBS. The big mustache. Magnum P.I. Yes, Magnum P.I. And then um, Alfred Molina 
also kind of yes. a little cameo there at the beginning. At the very beginning, he is uh, Doc Ock later in the Spider-Man movies. But, um, Senor, please, nobody's come out of their life. Yeah, I love that scene. All right. <laughs> Indy, of course, would find clues that would lead him eventually to the Lost Ark. And he was trying to essentially save the world by finding the Ark first. And we're going to be talking about spoilers. So if you haven't seen it in the last 42 years, <laughs> the movie ends well, I was a little too young to see it the first time it came out. So I had, I was a little older. Really? We also didn't mention John Reese Davies. John Reese Davies Sala. is in it. Yes, he's in it. Uh, he's in that movie. He's in uh, the last crusade and he's also in dial of destiny and Lord of the Rings. Of course. Yes. It is always going to be my favorite. I mean, from trading places to, Oh, I forgot. Yeah. That. Wow. That's a callback. The movie ends with Belloc and the Nazis opening the Ark. We find out. Whoops. That, yeah, the Ark <laughs> should never have been disturbed, and Belloc and his cohorts destroyed. Put the back on. <laughs> oh, it took care of that. Yeah. Indian Boy, Marion. Spoilers everywhere. We need to stop. Uh, were uh, prisoners, but they survived because uh, Indy knew not to look at the open Ark as it was killing everyone. Uh, the movie ends with the U.S. government storing the Ark. Whoa, whoa, whoa. A- this is top secret. It's not disclosed. <laughs> top. It's all men. been taken care of. It's actually, we find out a few movies later that it's in Area 51 in Nevada. Um, but it is in that giant warehouse. I love the end of that film. It's a great ending. It, it, it is, is really cool. I I agree. What are our thoughts on the movie in general? John Williams. John Williams. Yes. Wonderful swashbuckling, adventurous theme, beautiful theme um, for Marion, which is very similar to Princess Leia's theme. Same chord structure. Oh, okay. Da 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 da. Yeah, just that. It's a one to a minor four six for all you music oh, theory nice. nerds that are yeah. That's awesome. Ooh, I would have gone seventh. But just fantastic score and that whole Indiana Jones march. Great key changes oh in there. Just oh. keeps getting better and better. I, I would say, and probably because of the product, uh, the year I grew, or the years I grew up in, um, top three for me for for scores. And it, and and if you ask me what my favorite is, it's probably the most recent one that I heard. But Star Wars Indiana Jones. Superman, and they're all John Williams. Now later, uh, Avengers and maybe Rockies in there too. But um, um, give me some others: uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. But those top three: Superman, Indy, and Star Wars, right up there. Indy Raider March. I, he's blessed by the gods to come up with that theme. You know, at that moment. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Switching from the music, which is fantastic, I'm a fan of movies that will take a baseline of actual history, the Nazis, mm-hmm. Hitler, gearing up for the worldwide battle that's coming, and then twist it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's throw in a little science fiction with it, and but there's still that underlying, you know, I could see him wanting to find it out in the middle of the desert and putting spies around the world to yeah. and, and, and scientists to see what we can find. Um, you know, I was a big fan of Man in the High Castle, which was another mm. look at that. Um, but I, that's why I think, not to get too far ahead, I had a little trouble with the middle, the second verses one and three, where I could kind of follow along in terms of a big, what the worldwide ramifications of it would have been. Well, there are, and we'll get to that. There are worldwide ramifications. It's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. Worldwide world yes. ramifications. <laughs> yes. So in 1981, I was in, uh, I'd just gotten out of, 
first grade. I was going into second grade, wow, and I remember I remember seeing the trailers, you know, on TV, the the uh, the commercials, and seeing uh, probably seeing from the makers of Star Wars or something like that. Um, and my dad wanted to go see it, and we talked about it to my aunt, my Aunt Mary, who saw it with her family, and she said, John's going to be scared. It's going to be too scared for him. Well, that was in with, within earshot, so I wanted nothing more than to see that movie at that point. Hmm. And, uh, Boy, that explains a lot. <laughs> so I'll show that old bird. <laughs> I went and saw it, and you know what part got me? The well of the souls scene. Yeah, all right. When the skeletons... Yep. Are falling on Marion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's messed up. And they're up. kind of grabbing <laughs> yeah. at her. I don't like it now. And the snake is coming <laughs> yep, out. Yep, of yep, the just stop. Just stop. And I remember the, my initial thought was, and Mary was right. <laughs> you can't admit that. No way. Did you ever tell her? <laughs> no, no, I never told her. Of course her. not. But I leaned over to my dad, and he saw me upset, and he's going, you know, I'm sure he was thinking the same thing. Oh no, Marianne was right. But he. <laughs> He put his arm around me. He's like, hey, it's fine. It's a movie, you know. And fortunately, that scene is not very long. We get, then we roll right into the yeah. plane scene. It's messed and, up. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. But um, but that's that's one of the things. And, and obviously, the music. You know, back then, though, you saw the movie, and you talked about it with your friends. And I know you... You all, how, I don't even know how old you were. You were probably six. You were, oh, we're the same age. I'm a year younger. Okay, you. we talk about this all the time, and I always forget. It's I know you were old. like, you were born in the 90s, but um, the, <laughs> the, um, the, I'll the, let you know when my voice changes. <laughs> <laughs> but then you kind of forgot about it because until it was on TV, right? Because we didn't have video. That's yet. true. But when yeah. it showed up in the TV guide, you set your calendar yeah, to that. Absolutely. And your VCR. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, you must not have yet. been the rich family. We had VCR money. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> not Betamax money either. No, we had VCR money. I think that opening scene, because when it starts off, you think you know it's just going to be great action adventure, exciting. But then when he comes running over that hill, yelling at his pilot. And I mean, that's when I think the comedy kind of sets in. Yeah. You're like, this is going to be a different kind of adventure. Right. I love it. That's the first time we hear the theme, too, by mm-hmm. the way, when he swings on, on, and doesn't make the plane. He right. falls into the right. river. Yeah, it's perfect. And he, he always, uh, at least that's the uh, the way it kind of starts for Raiders, Raiders and for Temple of Doom. He doesn't get the MacGuffin, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, or the, the early MacGuffin or, or whatever he's after. Did you say McMuffin? No, I didn't. Okay. Are you hungry? Mayor McCheese? <laughs> <laughs> um, did you know it's Grimace's birthday? I've yes. seen this oh, everywhere. Have you not? Oh, he sent me an email. Oh, yeah. wow. So uh, here's another thing about this movie. Talk about off the rail. In <laughs> 1983, okay, so a, year, a couple of years after, um, we by this point we had a VCR, and on Christmas morning, my parents gave me my first movie, and it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, this was a big year for me. I got my Castle Grayskull and He-Man guys. I got uh, a, James, a couple of James Bond toys. Those weren't easy to find, I'm sure. But they spent $40 in 1983 on this videotape. And Bragger. I can only imagine their disappointment when I probably looked like, why would you get me this? You know, I'm sure I put on a you know, some sort of fake smile or something but i thought we can rent this anytime at video rama well, why would the favorite child so yeah. i was the fa- i yes always only too by the there way there you go <laughs> so um but the next day i popped it in 
and I watched it probably for the next 10 years. And I'm not kidding when I say this. I've seen that movie more than any other movie in my life. It was on all the time. I would rewind it and restart it, either watch it all the way through or it would be on in the background. It's into the triple digits for me. So well over 100 times have I seen this film, more than any other movie. I know it backwards and forwards. I know every word of dialogue. I know all the music cues. I know all the sound effects. Um, and it's it's just probably, well, it is one of my all-time favorite movies. I give it a five out of five um, by far. Uh, some of the highlights are is the truck scene, uh, when he's dragged along the bottom, obviously discovering the arc, uh, the bar scene in Nepal, and that last scene when they're rolling. Oh, it even away. the love story kind of rekindling. Sure. I, 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 that's a neat aspect mm -hmm. of indie that you don't anticipate at yeah. the beginning. You know, I, I, I just thought it, it's kind of got a well-rounded. Um, you know, even though it's not always linear, I thought that was neat to kind of go back and learn a little bit about him, as you should, with the first of what you hope to be many movies. Yeah. And just another little personal story. So I had a vivid imagination when I was, uh, you know, six, seven, eight years old. No. But I liked to carry on the story, not as the character. I wanted to be jumping around the house on a trying to swing. Oh, for, oh Lord. I used to climb up the outside of the staircase going up into the second floor, you know, and, and the, the lava below and swinging across. And the treatment never, for brain swelling was not as good I as it was. Broke it explains a lot. Fortunately. <laughs> But uh, my grandpa let me have one of his old gray fedora hats, and my grandma oh, had my grandma had a um, a felt uh, a, a belt from one of her old coats that was my whip, and I was the archaeologist's brother, Illinois Jones, and that's where that ah, comes from. So oh. there it is. <laughs> If adventure has a name, it must be Indiana Jones. I told him to go forth and combat evil. And to help him, he gave him five sacred stones with magical properties. Magic rocks, fortune, and glory. Believe me, you will, Dr. Jones. You will become a true believer. From Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. In 1984, the long-awaited sequel, or prequel, since it takes place before Raiders, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was released on May 23rd. And it did very well. And by the way, I think uh, I heard Dan Z say this recently on Coffee with Kenobi. I didn't know this. I hadn't read it. But one of the re I always thought it was a mistake that they made the first movie 1936 and the second movie 1935. But the reason why they did that was they didn't want us to think that he just split up with Marion. So it takes uh, place mm. before he has a different leading lady in this movie. Once again, directed by Steven Spielberg, a uh, much different film from the first one. Yes. In the sense totally. that it's, a different, it's a darker Sorry. movie. Well, George said he was going through a divorce and he thinks some of that actually seeped into the screenplay. Yikes. Yeah. 
So it's it's darker. I mean, child slavery. I mean, monkey yeah, brains. Yeah, I, you know, was, I do think one of the reasons why. Oh, yeah. Well, they had what? They had the spiders in the first movie. They've got the the gross bugs in the second movie, and and all the you know the snake surprise and all that stuff. I think there's a lot. I I watched all these recently. There's a lot of campy humor in this one, mm-hmm. and I think they were trying to. Offset, yeah, some of the dark moments in the movie. And that's where uh, Steven Spielberg met his wife, Kate Capshaw. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And she is the leading lady. She plays Willie Scott, a singer and performer. And we have a a sidekick also, played by Academy Award-winning Kehi Kwan. The film opens with a musical number. Steven said he wanted to direct a musical, and eventually he would, of course. Uh, but back in the early 80s, the first attempt came in this movie, Temple of Doom. Eventually, Indy, Willie, and Short Round make their way. Short Round, by the way, is the uh, sidekick. They make their way to India, trying to get back home and discover a village has had something horrible happen to it. We learn about the thuggy cult. And this cult kidnaps all the children of this village and is using them as slaves searching for the Shankara stones, which held magical properties. One of the stones came from the village and once taken, water dried up, crops died. The thought was if the thuggy cult could get all the stones, eventually they could take over the world. So there there was world domination thoughts. Indy goes to the palace to save the children, where the children are being held, by the way, in this Pancock Palace. And uh, he also wants to steal back the stone. There's voodoo, a dark drink called the Blood of Kali, which poisons Indy's mind for a short time. Lots of action, though. And Indy does end up freeing the children, beating the main villain, played by Amrish Puri, retrieving the Shankara stone, and he and Willie Scott close out the movie with a kiss. The children are reunited with their parents. I give this one three out of three and a half out of five. Yeah, and again, I didn't even really know much of it. What did you say, eighty four? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was five. I had heard. I, I wanted to see the first one, and you know, again, five six more years go by before I even see it. I'm going, whoa. What, what a change it really was. Well, and I and understand the divorce part now a lot more. I appreciate and that. And this movie was one that instigated the PG-13 yes. scale. Right. This That's and correct. Gremlins, I think, yeah. were, That's correct. received a lot of complaints from parents. There was, uh, I think, I, th- I want to say it was, it was either George or Steven. I don't remember which one. but oh, First name basis. One of them said, uh, made the suggestion, can't we have something in between PG and R? And... Yeah, deliberated and came back. I don't know. People getting eaten by crocodiles and all that stuff. It kind of it pushes end, it. Yes. It pushes R as far as I'm concerned. I mean, we had face melting in the first mm-hmm. one, right? You know, and and there's lots of blood in all of these movies. But um, this one was particularly this yes with the meal and the, uh, I did not go out of my way to watch heart. it again for the a long time. The hand into the yeah. chest, yeah. pulling out the heart, still beating. And I think when she is being lowered into that. Yes. Chasm of lava. Yes. You think, okay, there's not that much rope for as much time as it takes in the film Fair enough. for yeah. her to get down there. Like, okay, are they, what are they doing? Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, great scene, though, uh, especially when Short Round uh, uses the fire on Indy's side to wake him up mm-hmm. out of that spell he was under. And he grabs Shorty and he brings him over to the side and he goes, you know, he's mine. And so the guard releases Shorty to him. and he sounded just like him. Indy holds him Uncanny. over the... 
and he holds him over the side. He goes, I'm all right, kid, you know, and, and, um, we hear the indie music and it's wonderful. So highlights for me for this one. Um, I love the scene where after Willie's been saved and they're, they're up back on the platform. She says, now let's get out of here. And he goes, yeah, all of us. And he turns and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. There, there's a great music cue at that point. Uh, and we see that low angle shot of Indy. And by the way, Harrison Ford got in tremendous shape for this movie. And um, so the low angle shot kind of pushes in towards him. And the next thing we see is a guard running towards him. And we hear that, you know, the, the, the fist noises. He's a Foley that artist. <laughs> and we see the guard slide across the floor after getting punched out. That's great. Great callback, even though it happens in the future. Great callback when um, the guards show up with swords. Mm-hmm. We had that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And do you remember why that happened? So uh, the guard across the um, whatever that little area is, they, he pulls out a sword and wants to fight Indy. And then he just pulls out his gun and shoots him. Well, the, the rumor is he was sick, right? That's not the rumor. That's it's the true? truth. Yeah. Okay. They, they, had, they all got sick. A lot of the crew got sick and all the actors did. Steven brought beans and ate beans out of a can so he wouldn't eat the food there and mm. did not get sick. And um, Indy was, or Harrison was pretty sick at that point. He said, can't I just take my gun out and shoot him? He was like, yeah, you have a gun. And it's, and it's an amazing scene yeah, that yeah. is talked about. So in Temple of Doom, he doesn't have his gun. It was lost early in the movie in Shanghai when Willie lost it out the window. Um, I love the opening plane when the plane's going down and you know jumping out with the life no raft parachutes <laughs> <laughs> you call him dr jones doll <laughs> yeah. and also just seeing uh the reunion with kihu kwan and harrison ford as yes. of late when he Recently, won yeah. yeah when he won those awards and that, that was fantastic seeing those guys together again my dad had a 1975 pontiac granville which was the size of this room that we're in and it was a convertible hello hello, hello. and we would blare this this soundtrack and uh, it's a good one um uh, you know all four movies have different uh music in them with the exception of the theme of course the main theme um and then the other uh part that i love is the bridge scene at the end when he cuts the bridge and Mm. they use it as a ladder you know um i love this movie uh i get why why it's not popular to love this movie um, I've had someone tell me it's unwatchable. I totally oh, disagree. Yeah. It's good. And I think, uh, you know, Willie does a nice job and short round is, is fun. I wish they would have brought him back at least. Um, but it's part of the, it's part of the lore of, of this franchise. So Kenner had the rights to the toys. The toys were not as fun as star Wars. It's one of the downsides about this whole franchise, but it's, it's a phenomenal ride, and on the next episode, we'll talk about the next two films in the indie franchise. Until then, please follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hub Hyperion. Email us at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Till next week, have a great one, everyone. We're glad you could join us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email or send us a recorded audio message at podcast at thehyperionhub.com. Find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Hyperion Hub is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or its subsidiaries. We'll meet you next time at the Hyperion Hub. Hyperion Hub.
Thank you.